Hello, and welcome to Belonging Before Believing, a podcast where we answer your questions about the church from the inside. What's up, dude? Hey. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, you know what we haven't done for a while? We haven't told people who we are. Who are you? I am Brian Gumpy, and I'm an elder at Sovereign Joy Christian Fellowship. What does it mean you're an elder? Elder is... You're younger than me. Yeah. I almost slipped out of this one. I did slip out of this one in an earlier episode. You almost can tie your shoes now. (laughs) We're not doing this again. Okay. Okay. A little bit. Can we do... (laughs) So we have a, a Bible study. Elder. What does it mean that you're an elder? Every night. Every month. We have a Bible study every night. Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine? You're losing it. No. Or maybe you are elder. <laughs> <laughs> Every Monday night. And it's a secret trail brewing, which yep. if you're in the Chico area and you haven't checked it out, you should. Especially on a Monday night. Especially on a Monday night, 6 o'clock. Yep. Anyway, and I feel like it has devolved as the weeks go on into where the first 15, 20 minutes are just the time for everyone to bust my chops. Yeah? And? What's your problem? <laughs> Why would you ask me that? This isn't a Monday night. Everything is up for grabs. We, we, can, we, we can make we, fun of how young I am. We can make fun of how old I am. We can talk about my calves. We can talk about my job. We can talk about... Have, wait, 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 wait. Let's back up a second here. Have I ever once said anything about your calves? No. Never. No. Never. No. And I'm not going to start now. Well, I appreciate that, but you've said enough other things covering a, a myriad of other topics that you can make right. fun of me for. Right. Well, here's the thing is I know you so well, I'm not going to pick the low-hanging fruit. But I guess I kind of did with the age thing. But el- you said elder, and it worked right into it. So you, you walked into that one. Yeah. Yeah. So an elder <laughs> is just another word for pastor. Yes. So I'm Elder Pat, but Pastor Pat sounds has a better ring to it. And you're sensitive about your age, so <laughs> no reason to bring that up. Uh, dude, it's it's almost my birthday. Yeah. I want to be older. <laughs> and then right after you're older, I'm going to be older. You know, the people are so shocked when I tell them that I'm the oldest person in our church. Like, shocked. Like, literally, a jaw dropped this morning and had no point of reference for that. A church with younger people. I know. Only old people go to church. (laughs) Not at Sovereign Joy. No. We can't get them in. No, it's crazy. (laughs) And if the children could figure out a way to overpower us, they they have numbers. Oh, they take over. They have numbers. Yeah. Yeah. We have no youth group right now, but it is going to be popping off in like 12, 13 years. Yeah, not even that. Yeah. Oh, maybe 12. Okay. Yeah, maybe 12 years. Anyways. Anyway. What do we got today, dude? All right. So our question is, what do you think of the phrase, God won't give us anything we can't handle? And then in parentheses, this questioner says, completely disagree, by the way. Okay. First thing that 
we absolutely have to do is... Explain where this phrase comes explain from? Explain where this phrase comes from and correct the misquote of it. Oh, dang. Okay, so that's a popular way to phrase what 1 Corinthians chapter 10 says, beginning in verse... Well, let's start in verse 12. Therefore... Let anyone that thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with that temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. That's a mouthful. (laughs) Not quite as catchy as... God won't give you more than you can handle. So my initial first thought is, yeah, I agree with him, because that's not what it says. (laughs) Um, But, okay, to be serious about this particular text, um, if you hear the point here, Paul wrote 1 Corinthians. Here in this particular chapter, he's writing to the church, And he's encouraging them to, number one, avoid false idol worship. But number two, that they do have Christian liberty to partake of certain things and do certain things that other people, other Christians might not agree with or raise an eyebrow at kind of thing. What he's talking here specifically is that don't boast in your freedom. Don't be arrogant in your freedom. He says here, take heed when you you think you stand, lest you fall. Be careful when you're cocky about your freedom and your liberty because you're going to endure temptation and no temptation comes against anybody, the weak or the strong, that God has been faithful and won't let you be tempted beyond your ability. But listen, he says, but with the temptation, provide a way of escape. Almost everybody I ever have actually tried to quote the verse stops there. Don't worry, God's going to give you a way of escape. Oh, this trial, there's a way of escape. But that's not the end of the sentence or the end of the verse. It says that you may be able to endure it. So he's right. (laughs) In a sense, because that's not what the text says, but there's another sense where it's not right because God has given us everything that we need for life and godliness. And the temptation that comes against us is something that he's given us every tool that we have in order to uh, not escape, get out, wiggle away from, but to endure that particular temptation. So my question, what's the difference between enduring it and what you know this question says handle between handling it and enduring it sure so um this is it doesn't say temptation though no right? it's just and says, that well that's was going to be my next question yeah okay all right so handle it handle it means that i if, if i'm hearing him right i on my own can handle it right i can handle changing a thermostat in my truck i can handle it there's that car problem is not a car problem that is too great for me. I can handle it, right? Okay. So if we're talking about changing a transmission, that's not something I can handle. But it is certainly a problem that I can 
endure through and work through whether that means that I'm going to have to pay somebody to fix it or come over to your house and you're going to help me do it. It's going to take us two weeks or, or whatever, right. you know, to do it. But, but we can get through that particular problem. Spiritually speaking, what we're saying is that we need to be careful and not be cocky in and of ourselves, not think we're too highly of ourselves lest we fall because the strength comes from the Lord to do anything. The reason he gives us temptation, pardon me, the the reason we can be confident in temptation is because we're trusting in his strength to endure it. We can get through it only because he's given us the strength to do it. So I'm not handling something on my own that I have the wherewithal to do. I'm going through something that spiritually should shipwreck me, but I can endure it because I have supernatural strength from God which kind of sounds a little weird, I totally get. But I've been through enough things that I can look back and go, thank you, Lord, that you got me through that. Yeah. And so the next thing that I was going to ask you is the phrase here that <clears throat> that he says, God won't give us anything we can't handle. And where I think you were about to go, which is the question I have for you, is doesn't that not sound anything at all like temptation or, you know, in my Bible, the heading is talking about idolatry or whatever. Um, doesn't it sound like, oh, some kind of trial that you're going through where you're going to be, you know, your, your, your wife gets cancer or, you know, your whatever kind of temporal um, cataclysm might happen. Doesn't that sound like the type of scenario that this is talking about? Yes. And yeah. do you think that that's why people get so shook up about this? Well, okay. To be fair, part of the blame falls in, on Christians. Because, oh, yeah. Because Christians misquote that passage and misquote it enough that people who aren't even Christians know that we quote it and have heard it and have repeated it and not ad nauseum so that there's this idea out there that God just you know won't give you more than you can handle. You just got to buck up and you got to endure it. And we, we want to correct that misunderstanding because I've just explained why that's not what the Bible's saying. Temptation is different than just random acts of you know, things happening to you, bad things happening to people. Um, temptation is that we in our flesh have a propensity to sin, a bent towards sin. I want to sin. Paul said, in Romans chapter 7, I don't do the things I want to do, and the things I want to do I find myself not doing. And the context there is he's struggling with sin that he wants to do and wants to follow God as well. At the same time, he wants to do both things. Temptation is that, struggling with being tempted with sin. What the Bible just said there is that the temptations that come against us won't be more than we can endure because the way of escape is to go through them with the Holy Spirit strength. Not that we can just handle bad things that come along and happen to us. In fact, we know, I've seen lots of times where bad things come along to people, and people can handle it. People have breakdowns, and people lose it. And, you know, unfortunately, people kill themselves. Christians even do that from time to time. Depression's a real thing. Um, the life gets heavy for people. And, and that's not what this passage is talking about. And that's not what, I, I get that that's what that particular 
colloquialism is trying to say, but that's just simply not what the Bible's trying to say. So I got another question. So he or the but with the temptation well said i was trying to get it together but with the temptation he will also provide the way of the of escape that you may be able to endure it mm-hmm. should the reader should the listener see there that enduring temptation means that you do not succumb to temptation Specifically, in that passage, the temptation is referring to idol worship. What he's specifically addressing is that you can, because the Spirit's strength within you, avoid going and worshiping other idols. It's not, you know, I have a propensity to lust and a pretty girl walks by in a skimpy outfit. Right. Okay, those are apples and oranges. Okay, so what the text is actually addressing is specifically idol worship, going and worshiping false idols, going and um, participating in their rituals, eating meat that was sacrificed to an idol and those kind of things. Um, Now, I do think that as we grow, that we do grow in our strength in those areas because the spirit is growing us in those areas and we have his spirit cooperating with our spirit to help us to overcome those things. So I definitely don't have that same propensity um, in certain areas that I used to when I was younger. I found other sins that were there and that new ugly ones, new ugly ones that rear their ugly head that I wasn't even aware of now that I'm older and more mature in the Lord and whether I was just ignorant of them or they were just there in full color and everyone else could see them. And I was so focused on these other sins. It totally could be. I'm not exactly sure why that is. But but to get back to the, the question here, enduring it, um, we're going to fail. Um, I, I'm going to fail and in every single conceivable way. We sing a song right at church that talks about the fact that we pray for the Lord to take this particular sin away from us. And rather than doing that, he takes his hand off of us for a time and allows us to feel the full weight of that sin. And we cry out in that song, what in the world's going on here, Lord? What, what the crap? I asked you to take this away from me. What are you doing? Now it's worse. Are you, are you trying to kill me with this thing? That's a paraphrase. But that's basically what the, the, the singer is saying. You can paraphrase all you want, <laughs> but you're not going to paraphrase the part about smashing gourds. Smashing gourds. Blasted my gourds. Blasted my it gourds. It literally says, Lord, you blasted my gourds. So, <laughs> and that's a great way to talk about the way that sin feels. It feels like we've been blasted. But God says in response, in the last verse of that song, he says, no, I did this so that you would feel how weak you actually are and how much you desperately need me. That's a grace. That's a good thing. It, it's something that we understand for our kids. I will, uh, this is a simple analogy, but I will, when I'm running with my children and teaching them to ride a bike, or to be my grandchild now, but teaching her how to ride a bike, I'm going to take my hand off. And I'm going to be right there running alongside but there's going to come a time where I'm going to let her fall. 
not because I, you know I want to see her busted up and like <laughs> you got your I had mine when I was a kid you got yours. I, I get that there might be some sadistic dad out there like that, but that's not why. It's because I want her to learn balance, and I want her to learn that even if she falls, she's not going to break an arm. She's not going to die. That she just gets get back up, hop on the bike, and keep on going. And the, as crude as that analogy is, it's similar to what the Lord is doing with us as he matures us. And one thing that I just want to make sure that we point out here is regardless of how well you stand up under temptation, regardless of how you think your track record is going, whether you think that you are just doing awful or whether you think that you are hot stuff, like we've talked about in the past, um, your righteousness, all of these good works that you may have in your head that you're amount or what's we're piling up here, are filthy rags. They are not impressive to Almighty God. And I bring that up not just to, you know, stick a finger in the chest of somebody who thinks they're being pious, but to kind of lift up the person who thinks that they're just not cutting it. At the end of the day, we don't rely on our own righteousness to um, get us a, a good standing in front of the Father. We get to point to our big brother Jesus who fulfilled the law, who was obedient, who not only took away the penalty for our sin, but has been the righteousness in our place. And so as much as we want to talk about um, enduring under temptation, I think it's important to note that this isn't about keeping score. Yeah, and so so let's let's back up a second. Everything that we've just talked about, frankly, really only applies to Christians. Right. Because we're the ones who, who have the Holy Spirit within us, who are strengthening us to live lives. If, if you're, you're not a Christian, you haven't been born again by the Spirit of God, there, there's a very real sense where, you know what, it, of, of course there's, there's more things that are going to come against you than you can handle, because you're doing it on your own. You don't have Jesus Christ here as your Savior, as your prayer buddy who's praying on your behalf right now before the Father, who has sent his Holy Spirit to lead, to guide, to strengthen you, and you, you need Jesus. And, and that's one of the reasons why this podcast is so important to us, is what we want to do is we want to tell you that we believe that you belong here with Jesus. Come along. He, 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 is, he does have open arms. He says, come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And that is an answer to that question if there ever was one. I love it. Yeah. I absolutely love it. You know, if if you're listening to that and you have no clue what we're talking about, if you have no clue what that would feel like, um, you know, drop us an email. Belonging before believing at sovereignjoycf.org. And if you're in Chico, get a hold of us. And we'll hang out with you and just sit and talk. I would love to. Yeah. Absolutely love to. But the point is, we don't just give you these ways to get a hold of us so that you can ask us questions and, and you know, we can answer them and make jokes and all these other things. Um, if you're listening along and you do find yourself looking from the, or on the outside looking in, um, do not be afraid to reach out. 
and email is a good way to where, you know, you don't have to be talking in, in public venues and stuff like that. It'd be a great way to get a hold of us in a, in a discreet, private way. Um, because at the end of the day, like Pat said, we do believe that you belong.